0: It's 49ers, cut back podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. The game preview show 49ers versus Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. This is going to be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to getting into all the key matchups. So, wow, that's bold predictions. And then, of course, pick the winner of this football game. Will the 49ers rebound from their 0 3 over the last three? And get back to their winning ways. That has been the big conversation all week. And with a lot of that comes. How is the health of the San Francisco 49ers? Well they've gotten good news after good news. Especially on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen this offense have to operate without Debo Samuel. Since the early moments of the Cleveland Browns game. And with that came a lack of production, and a lack of points from the San Francisco 49ers. Well, Debo's back. He's healthy. He's full speed. He's running around in practice. He's going to be making plays out there for the 49ers on offense. And now Trent Williams is back at practice. Now, he's still heavily taped on the ankle, but he's going out there and he's competing in practice, which means very likely that Trent Williams is going to start and play for the San Francisco 49ers. You always leave a small chance in case something changes, but. With Trent being back, it definitely changes how you approach attacking a Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Because with Trent, it just makes everything a lot easier. And the reason it makes it easier is because now he can handle Josh Allen or Travon Walker. Whoever they decide to put out there on him, he's got a really good opportunity to win and every single time he's out there, he's the best offensive tackle in the league for a reason. So that makes it easier, especially because there's going to be a new starting left guard this week with John Feliciano taking over for uh, Aaron Banks. Uh, Banks, of course, stealing with the turf toe, so he's going to be out. And that means it's going to be opportunity for Feliciano to step up. The guy with a ton of experience started 15 games at center last year for the New York Giants. and We've already seen him step in and spot duty and do a pretty good job. So, not too worried about Feliciano, but his job gets a lot easier with Trent Williams next to him. Just makes it easier for everyone else. Talked about in the episode the other day, the ripple effect of players being back is felt through the rest of the team. So, this is going to be a fun one. Like I said, I'm going to get into some key matchups here in a second. But I want to talk to you today about bet online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing, and BetOnline is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use your promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V in all caps for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And so I'm going to get into these key matchups because I think it's really important that the four have some matchups that they win. And of course, if you watch the channel, you understand some of the matchups I'm going to talk about. I'm going to get a little bit deeper into some of them, uh, but some of them are just basic. This is what you have to do to beat good football teams. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are a good football team. They're well balanced. They have a good offensive attack. They can run the ball with Travis Etienne. They can throw effectively with Trevor Lawrence. They have playmakers on the outside, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram. Uh, they have Travis Etienne that can do a lot of things out of the backfield, not just run the football. And then they have scary guys like Jamal Agnew that with the the ball in his hands, he could take it to the house at any moment. So offensively, they're stacked. Defensively, they got pass rush with Josh Allen and Trevon Walker. Uh, these are a very talented defense, very talented offense. The 49ers are 5-3, and three, Jaguars 6-2. and two. Something's got to give in this matchup. And I think it starts for the 49ers in one category that they've struggled with over the last three weeks. And that's running the football. And the Jaguars aren't a slouch against stopping the run. They do a pretty good job. They only give up 79 yards per game on the ground. That means the 49ers and their 133 yards per game on the ground is going to have to go out there and earn it. Now, going back and you watch film, you can see the Houston Texans had some early success against the Jacksonville Jaguars running the ball. 49ers and, and uh, Texans have similar run schemes, but the 49ers is definitely a lot more eccentric and eclectic than what you see from the Houston Texans. Number one, they have a better fullback. Number two, they have a better tight end at blocking. Number three, they have a lot of ways to go after you because they have an all-pro running back in Christian McCaffrey, a absolute beast in Debo Samuel that can do things out of the backfield as a wideback. So they just present some extra problems. Well, getting the run game going is going to be very important for the 49ers. You have to be able to stay on schedule. You hear me talk about that, staying on schedule means getting enough yards so that way when you get to third down, you have a third and four or lower. So that means you have to get at least three yards on first down and three yards on second down. That's staying on schedule. Of course, you would love to do better than that. you love to stay ahead of schedule and not even face third downs. But getting to those third downs and being successful is important. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a good defense on third down and often get off the field. They're also a team that takes advantage of mistakes. They've, cr- they've created 18 turnovers on the season. That is spectacular. So this is a defense that goes after They get after the football. They play very physical. They set the edge in the run game. And the 49 are going to have to make sure they move that edge. They're going to have to make sure they're able to either kick Allen and Walker out and run inside and create lanes there, or they're going to have to kick them down and get to the outside where they can get some space. It's going to be about creating space against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to play off in coverage. They're going to let you complete the passes underneath. They're going to rally to make tackles. They're trying to limit explosives. And then once they get to third down, here comes pressure. You're in third and eight to third and ten. It's going to be a little bit tougher for Brock Purdy. Might not have enough time to get rid of that football in to get to his receivers beyond the sticks. So that's why staying ahead of schedule is so important. Now, it is important for the 49ers to establish a run game. They need to be very effective, but that's the key, effective run game. You don't go out there and just run the football to run the football because if you do, what happens is teams are going to be able to tee off on you on third down, and Jacksonville is a good uh, reason why. They come after you, and they get you off the field at a high rate. So running the football on first down is fine. Running the football on second down is fine as long as it's yielding the necessary yardage you need to put you in prime position to convert on third down. If it doesn't, you need to find more creative ways. I'm not saying abandon the run game. I'm just saying be more strategic with it. Find the exact matchups you can run it at. Run it and down in distance where they don't expect you to run it. Second and four, second and six, run the football. Those would be better opportunities to run compared to uh, what would happen if you run it all the time on first and 10. Those are not always indicative of success. So you're going to have to be creative with it, and you're going to have to take advantage of Debo Samuel as well. Using him in motion, using him in formation changes, starting him in the backfield and motioning him out creates space in the run game. We already know how successful the 49ers are running behind Trent Williams. They average over 300 yards, or they have over 300 yards this season behind him, near 350 yards. So they have a lot of success running to the left side behind Trent. That's still going to be a big part of this football game. Four are going to want to establish a run game, and running behind maulers like Trent Williams and John Feliciano, who's a good run blocker, is always a good idea because setting up the play-action game off that run is important. Why is running off the left side even more important for Brock Purdy? Because you can move the pocket to the left or move the the play to the left by running the football or making it look like you're running the football left and then have him come back to the right side. With him being right-handed, that's a lot easier for him to be able to throw the football running to the right. It's easier to set yourself. It's easier to get rid of the football. It's a more natural throwing motion for Purdy. So if you can really establish a run game on the left side, it's very beneficial in the play-action game. Half rolls, full rolls, all of those things are big. Plus, it's going to create separation horizontally for your wide receivers. If linebackers and safeties are having to move uh, f- from to their right, uh, they'll go after Trey Williams, they're going to leave avenues for there to be a passing game. Receivers are going to be getting open, and defenders are going to be playing catch-up. So it's it's really important to establish a running game, but it's important to establish an effective running game. It's not great if you're out there and you're running the ball 30 times or 35 times you're averaging 2.8 yards per carry, you're going to turn the football over a lot on downs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you need to make sure you're having effective run game. Effective run game could be anywhere from 3.5, you know, and up as far as yards per carry. Just make sure you're staying on schedule. Staying on schedule is the main thing this week. Also, you have to make sure you keep protecting Colton McKivitz. Uh, Colton McKivitz is going to be going against whoever's not going against Trent. And more than likely, they'll probably try to use a mixture of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker against Colton McKivitz. Now, McKivitz has gotten a little bit more consistent, but still struggles with guys who can get that edge pressure with speed uh, coming up and making him really fly out of his kick slide and get upfield and then beating him back to the middle. Now, these guys are really good. I would say Josh Allen is very effective, long arms which could give Colton McKibbit some problems if he doesn't protect his chest plate and use his hand work very well. But Josh Allen has the ability to beat him. So does Walker with that hole shot. That's what they're really good at. But you have to be prepared. If you fly out to get them in that kick slide, then they might just get into your chest plate and walk you back into the quarterback. So he's got to be able to anchor. Look for the 49ers formationally to put some stress on those edge defenders, make them worry about guards pulling to block them in the run game, make them worry about a jet sweep flying past them so they have to freeze, screen them so that way they can not just fly upfield. There's a lot of things you can do against those edge defenders to be able to help Colton McKivitz out as easy as just lining up somebody extra next to him so that way he has to widen out and have a longer distance to go to Brock Purdy. That's an extra half second. Maybe that's the difference between them getting home for a sack and Brock Purdy getting rid of the football for a play down the field. So the 40 yards are going to have to be strategic with how they help Colton McKibbitts. But I do believe Colton McKibbitts can anchor against Allen and Walker. I think if as long as he doesn't fly upfield too fast, he's going to be okay. But Trent Williams coming back is going to allow them to give extra help to him, knowing they don't have to worry about Trent. Also, that will affect the run game on that side as well. Hittle and Jawan Jennings no longer have to give extra help to the left tackle. They can go ahead and pursue to the second level more quickly, which means they can get better angles on second level blocks, which could mean Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel have some whole shot runs potentially uh, available to them. And so I look for that to kind of be in, in the offense this week and on display. Four years kind of go back to what they looked like through the first five weeks on offense compared the last three. Now, it's not going to be easy. Jaguars play a very stingy style of defense. They have good interior uh, defensive linemen, not names you really know. Devon Hamilton's a guy that you was know, pretty much one of the ones that um, I know, but everybody else is probably names you don't, but they do a good job on the inside. So the four ers are going to have to continue to work hard uh, to run the football. It's going to have to be sometimes tough yards, but they're going to get some potential hole shot plays as well. Six-man fronts and eight-man boxes have to be defeated using Debo this week. So teams have been willing to bring up six men along the line of scrimmage, bring eight guys in the box. and The Jaguars like to run, of course, with their three, four, five men at the line of scrimmage. Will they do a six occasionally with a safety, maybe even a linebacker stepping up? So there's going to be a lot of seven- and eight-man boxes. Debo can put pressure on them to go away from the eight-man box. Because if you line him up, and you could could use George Kittle as well, but if you put Debo out in the slot, it's going to right away open it up for everybody. If you put him out wide and he's one-on-one on on the outside, uh, and they are giving space, which the Jaguars do, a quick screen out to Debo or a quick RPO look out to Debo on a slant could be huge for the 49ers with him being able to create using his yardage. So I'm looking for the 49ers to get the ball to Debo Samuel early in this game and put pressure on the Jaguars to change away from stopping the run game. If that happens, the 49ers should be able to establish a run game using Christian McCaffrey and this attack that they will be able to uh, definitely execute a lot better with the better angles that Debo is going to provide. So getting Debo involved in motion, getting him the football early in screens, uh, getting him the ball in some slants and RPOs is exactly what I think is good for Brock Purdy to get in rhythm, but also for the 49ers to make the jaguars leery of running any types of blitzes or bringing extra guys in the box cuz then they're not out there to run the alley and potentially stop debo from getting home. Uh, so next up, make sure you're still running your 21 personnel. Uh, still go out there with Kyle Uschek, the two tight or two running backs one tight in, um, you know, get Christian McCaffrey and Uschek out there still run that Put some pressure on the Jaguars to be able to set a firm edge against George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. Just know that you can still use Debo off ball. You can motion him around. You can do anything you want with him to create the matchups that you're looking for. And if they're running zone coverage, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot easier for them to be able to create some things with Debo and George Kittle on the same side of the field. So still do that. And don't be afraid to go to your 11 personnel. You know, go ahead and take use off the field sometimes. And put Jawan out there. Because now with Debo back, Jawan Jennings is going to often be matched up against the third cornerback from the other team. That's where he has a distinct advantage is when the third cornerback comes on the team. Uh, or on the field. Jacksonville has has a pretty good secondary. But they will be tested definitely with the three wide receivers the 49ers have. Brandon Ayuk should be able to get open from time to time. Uh, Tank Dell had some success when the Texans... Played against the Jaguars. So I look for Brendan Ayuk to have some success, them to get Debo involved early. And I think the return of third and Jawan in this game could be huge in this matchup as long as the 49ers continue to use all their personnel groupings. I think they're going to. On defense, the key matchup is about stopping the run early. So you got to stop the run. We talked about running the football on offense. Now we're talking about stopping the run. You set the edge, you brought in Chase Young. You know what he means to this football team now. He's got to set the edge opposite of Bosa. And if that happens, you constrict the ability of the opposing team to run the ball. Now, the Jaguars have an interesting run game because Trevor Lawrence is still dangerous with his legs. They don't want to run him as much. He's had a, an injury to his knee that's bothered him a little bit this season. So they don't like to get him out running the football as much as probably he used to in the past. But if they can get that run game going out of the shotgun, it opens up so much more. They put a lot of pressure on you to stop it. The Fournier's got to set an edge. They can't allow Travis Etienne to get outside. They can't allow Bigsby to get outside. That's when they could run into some problems as far as the 49ers. Over the last three weeks, teams have been able to get outside of their edge. Once they do, it widens the area in which a team can run. Once that happens, there's more space. That's why you're seeing more missed tackles from Fred Warner, more missed tackles from Dre Greenlaw. Uh, other guys like Ufonga not being in the right positions because they have more space that they're having to cover. If you're able to set the edge and bring it within those hash marks, then it's a lot tighter area for these 40 yards linebackers to be able to get downhill and make their plays. Plus, it gives you the opportunity for negative plays for the opposing team because when a hole is not opened in the interior because it's been clogged because you set the edge and crammed everything in. They try to bounce outside a lot of times giving up ground. And then that's when your, your ability as trackers at linebacker position, you can make tackles for losses. So that's exactly what the 49ers are going to look to do in this football game is limit the effectiveness of the Jaguars run game by setting the edge with chase young and Nick Bosa. And now with Randy Gregory and Cleveland Farrell, who can do it as well. A great rotation for the 49ers on the defensive line. Now eight strong, as far as rotating four guys in the interior and four guys on the outside. Perfectly set up for the 49ers to be able to slow down the run game of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you got to be able to do it with seven. Uh, so I don't care if it's the 49ers' base 4-3 defense because you know the Jaguars are out there with two tight ends or if it's the nickel back out there. And Isaiah Oliver, he's been fantastic against the run this season. But you have to be able to limit the effectiveness of the run game with seven. We don't want the 49ers to have to go single high safety, bring an eighth man into the box, and create opportunities for the Jaguars playmakers to catch and run. They've got guys who can catch the ball and take it to the house. Uh, so the 49ers need to make sure they stop the run with seven guys. It's a key in this football game because you have to determine what you're going to declare Evan Ingram. And I know you've probably heard me say that on this channel all week. And the thing is, is It might not be talked about by anyone else, but this is where my coaching mind goes because when you're talking about a tight end that doesn't block great, but has very good pass catching ability, what kind of matchup do you want? Do you want to get a cornerback against Evan Ingram or do you want to bring an extra linebacker in? I would say you often would love to go ahead and declare him as a receiver and go to your nickel package. You go to your nickel package and you're still able to stop the run That means you have Isaiah Oliver to potentially cover a bigger Evan Ingram. Uh, Isaiah Oliver's long. This is a great matchup for him. The matchup it's not as great for him is a Christian Kirk, who's got a lot of speed, a lot of ability to change direction at a rapid pace. That's not a great matchup, but Ingram is. But do the 49ers declare him a tight end or a receiver? they declare him a tight end, then there's going to be 22 personnel that they're going to see. They're going to put Brenton Strange out there sometimes, and that means that you're going to see Oren Burks. That could create some interesting or potentially bad matchups for the 49ers in coverage. Brenton Strange or Evan Ingram matched up on one of the 49ers linebackers, and I know Fred's special, but still, you potentially could get Oren Burks out in space in coverage, and that's not a win. Even though he's a good tackler, he's not great in coverage. So uh, you might be the proper case to go ahead and declare Evan Ingram as a receiver. And in that case, you probably won't run very much base 4-3 defense this week or Oliver less Oren Burks. But then you got to stop the run, set the edges, and Oliver's got to do a good job of being like the third linebacker and filling his role and filling that space, especially on play side. He's going to have to come up, and he's going to have to make sure he cuts it off and turns it back in where Fred and Dre can go ahead and make the tackle. So Isaiah Oliver and run fits is going to be absolutely huge this week. I think it's going to be huge for Tashawn Gibson and Tao Fong as well when they have to run the alley and come up and make plays. Do not let explosive plays happen from Jamal Agnew or Travis Etienne because you do have to worry about Agnew, even though he's a wide receiver. He's got all the ability to get a little toss, reverse play, a counter play, a jet sweep, and absolutely house call it. So they got to keep their heads on him, eyes on him at all times. So you got to stay focused, which also means part of the reason I think Nickel, an extra speedy guy out there, Uh, but we will see. I think they need to tighten coverage and take away reads one and two. So you know what what they like to do. Uh, You got to just go ahead and try to take it away. Go up there, squeeze it down, get on Calvin Ridley, uh, get on these receivers on the outside and make everything a little bit tougher you got to take the risk of allowing your defensive line to get home and potentially allowing for big explosive plays down the field. That's what the 49ers have been doing all year. They've been playing off limiting explosives, trying to make teams very deliberate about how they move down move down the field. And right now, the 49ers have struggled when they go against elite quarterbacks in that area. They're going against Trevor Lawrence, 2.41 per seconds, uh from the time he gets the ball to the time he releases it is a very fast pace. So go ahead. You know concepts. You know what Doug Peterson likes to do in his offense. Study it out. Make sure you're ready for it and tighten up your covers. I'm not saying go crazy and press everybody. Just tighten it up a yard or two. Be willing to take a chance of getting beat on an explosive for the risk and reward of getting a sack on Trevor Lawrence. Because if he goes through read one and two, he's very inclined to get rid of the football quickly to his check down. That's the kill zone. You know what it's going to be. If you know it's one, two, and where that checkdown is going to be, you can blow these plays up. And that's exactly what the 40 yards need to do in this game. That's how they're going to be more effective on defense. So let's see if they can do that. Tighten up the coverage, take away one and two, get it to the kill zone, and then light it up. Because Trevor does not want to hold on the football. He wants to get rid of it. But the thing will happen if he doesn't have those throws, he's either going to check down. And if that's not there, He's going to look to run, and that's when you have an opportunity to get him to the ground. He has been sacked 19 times this season. Of course, tackling is huge. I talked about it a second ago. Make sure you don't allow these playmakers explosives from short catches and run. Tackle underneath. Make them earn every single yard. That's going to be pivotal in this game. And then because you're playing this team, you have to worry about RPO. Uh, Doug Peterson ran so much RPO in Philadelphia with Nick Foles, and it was very effective. And their numbers of the amount of RPOs they're running is going up game by game. So they're doing more RPO and less play-action pass. That's what I'm talking about, running out of the shotgun. Make sure you squeeze it down, and your defensive line is going to have to do a good job of filling holes. Isaiah Oliver, Dre Greenlaw, orin Burks, those outside guys are going to have to make sure they don't fly up the field too soon and leave that area where he can throw that RPO and that quick slant. They're going to have to sit for a second, and make sure that he's not going to run the RPO, make sure he gives the football, and then get there for the cutback lane. So that backside defender has a cutback lane gap when the run's going away from him. So sit there for a second. Don't jump it and make sure you take away that interior slant and that RPO look, and then you can engage and go ahead and try to get to your spot. Does it put you in a bad situation a little bit in the run game? Yes, Uh, but those are just extended run plays in the RPO. So Fournier's going to have to be very disciplined with their eyes, very disciplined with their reads this week, and just try to do their best to make him give the ball and don't allow that RPO to be successful with the pass. The run pass option as long as it's executed well is very tough to stop. Don't be afraid to blitz on third down well when the when the blitz comes against the Jaguars, he has to get rid of the football in two seconds. That's how long the blitz takes to get home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Trevor Lawrence doesn't have much time, so if you get to third and long, don't be afraid just to bring a blitz. I know as Steve Wilkes, he likes to uh, sit back in those situations tackle under the you know in front of the sticks, which I'm fine with. Do that, but on time to time, go ahead. Be aggressive. Bring that blitz because you know it has a good opportunity to get home. They've been a little unstable on the interior offensive line, uh, so that's why they traded for Ezra Cleveland. Let's see how much he plays. Dealing with a little bit of a toe. We'll find out how much he's equated to this offense, uh, but you know the, those are some matchups the 49ers can win, and the thing is Trevor Lawrence, he's hit on 25% of his blitzes. So they definitely get after him, and he's been blitzed 80 times this season and been hit 25% of the time. So uh, it just shows you you can get to him as long as you go ahead and bring the pressure. Now, third-down success is always big in the football game. 49ers convert on offense at a 46.5% rate, which is one of the better ones in the league, to the Jaguars 35.5. But the Jaguars' defense only gives up first down on third 34.2%. That's why I've been very clear that I believe the 49ers need to be really good and effective on third down, or on first and second down. So third downs are manageable because if not, Jacksonville gets off the field at a higher rate. So third down effectiveness is going to be huge. Of course, like always, win the time of possession, limit your turnovers. Jacksonville creates turnovers as one of the best in the league. So the 49ers need to make sure they're on their p's and q's and not turning over the football. In this matchup. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> Whoa. 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 It's time for the wow, that's bold predictions. Wow, that's really bold. Whoa. Uh, so, in this one, my offensive wow, that's bold prediction is that Brock Purdy's going to have zero turnovers. I think the addition of Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are going to have a calming effect on Brock. I think these these time he had off in the bye week is going to just make him kind of feel more comfortable. Plus, I just don't think the last three weeks are indicative of the player that Brock Purdy is. I think he's going to come out and execute at a high level. I think he's going to play a good game, and I think he's going to play a clean game. And he's going to have zero turnovers. And then I think Debo Samuel is going to make his presence felt with a 50-plus-yard touchdown. I think he's going to get the ball in space, and he's going to create a big play down the field that's going to pay huge dividends for the san francisco 49ers on the defensive side of the ball the 49ers are going to hold the jaguars under 40 percent on third down which shouldn't be too big right the 49ers normally give up 40.6 percent on third down the jaguars are at 35.5 but i just think as long as the 49ers keep them between that 35 and 40 percent range on third down and get off the field the 49ers can win this game more possessions for the offense, less time for the defense on the field. I think that could be huge. And then I think they're going to sack Trevor Lawrence three times. I think they're going to have an opportunity. I think he's going to have to hold the ball a little bit in this matchup. I don't think he's going to be able to get it out consistently at 2.4 like he normally does. But I think it's going to cause some opportunities for the 49ers to be able to get home and make some plays against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's my... Wow, that's bold predictions. Let me know what your wow, that's bold predictions are in the comment section down below. So now it's time. It's time to give the 49ers versus Jacksonville Jaguars score prediction. I think this one's going to be tough. I think this one's going to be a good matchup. I, I think we're going to see explosive plays on both sides. And I think at the very end of this game, the San Francisco 49ers are going to walk away with the win. I think they're going to do enough I think Brock Purdy is going to be effective. I don't think he's going to turn over the ball. I think Debo is going to create some space. Trent Williams is going to handle the left side of the line and the San Francisco 49ers are going to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 20, get back to their winning ways and hand the Jacksonville Jaguars their third loss of the season. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be well-earned, but I think it could spark a 49ers winning streak as they look to get back to their winning ways. So, Uh, This is going to be a fun matchup. I think it's going to be a blast to watch. We're going to get to see Case Young for the first time uh, rushing opposite of Bosa since Ohio State. That's going to be fun. Lots of intrigue in this matchup. Lots of cool matchups. Uh, It's going to be fun. It's going to be back and forth. In the end, the 49ers are going to get the victory. So thank you guys so much for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on audio platform, 49ers cutback, back on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. Leave a review. I appreciate that. There's going to be more content coming. I'll be doing a reaction show live after the game. So come over and check that out right here on the channel. So It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you then. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers.